0: Good morning, Faith Fellowship. (laughs) I always start that way, right? It's got to start that way. Um, So, okay, today is going to be a little bit different and kind of more like when we were going through our gospel series. I had the different words that we were focusing on. We're kind of going to do a word study on unity. So now this would be our uh, We Protect Unity is one of our principles of ministry. And the one thing that you know, we kind of want to understand is, why is our church position, we protect it? Right, so it's telling me something about unity if, if, if we got to protect it. And so let's just look at the importance of unity. Maybe we will figure out why it is that we need to protect it. And, uh, and so we're gonna start off, if you just looked at in the, the Greek and the Hebrew, Of those two on the Hebrew side it would be alike all at once together a unit when I think unit I just automatically think military and just how they operate the training that goes involved especially if you're talking about special forces and just how they move how they do everything these guys are really connected together Uh, they work very well as a team they use each other's strengths and so and they have missions that they accomplish and they have success and then they go on and do the same thing right in the Greek same, but oneness even. So just same thing, same concept of now we just wanna kinda of move as a unit. And so in terms of just as the Bible's defining those things for us, we need to look at a couple of entries in your Bible. Now, for those of you who don't know the hack for Blue Letter is when you wanna find all the mentions of a word, uh, sometimes what you need to do is not spell it out in its entirety but use portions of it and then put an asterisk at the end, okay? If you do that, so say like unit, and then you put an asterisk at the end, it gives you, you know, these other entries, not just unity. So the first one, if you want to follow along with me, is gonna be in Genesis 49, 6. Because the other thing you're gonna find that's kind of interesting about unity itself, that conceptually is throughout the Bible. But the Lord's entries for the time that you see unit or unite, united, or unity, are few. So now it kind of really exposes this importance and why we kind of need to look at this in a particular way in order to understand its importance. And so in Genesis 49, 6 it says, O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor be not thou United, there we go, for in their anger they slew a man and in their self-will they dig down a wall. So the thing just naturally that we can learn about unity is not all unity is good unity. You should probably write that down. Not all unity is good unity. And it's very interesting to me that this is the first entry of that. Now, contextually, just so you understand what we're looking at because we're not looking at the whole passage and I would have you to look back at Genesis 34. This is Jacob is giving insight to his sons about Israel, the nation's future by highlighting their character in particular. Why is he doing that? Because each of them represents one of the 12 tribes. And so this is talking about Simeon and Levi. If you guys remember, their uh, sister was raped. And so, what they did was they kind of tricked these guys. They end up, you know, killing them, slaying them in the night. And then Jacob is like, hey, man, uh, you just blew up the spot for me, really, like in a major way. These cats are going to come after me as a result of this. Like, what are you doing? So, they handled vengeance, they were angry. This was an act of, you know, in, in Jacob's mind, of like treasonous act, right? Like, why are you doing this? And he's saying, essentially, because you carry my name and you are my voice, that's a reflection on me. So now let's go back to the verse with that in mind and just read it again so you understand. Oh, my soul, come not down to their secret, unto their assembly. Mine honor be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. See, the one thing as a warning, listen to me, listen to me, write this down. The warning here is this, we are prone to be unified incorrectly. We have things that a lot of times in society that we can get unified with and just different um, efforts and I wanna be a part of this thing and I, I need to do this and I am going to stand and put my flag down for this thing and, and the Lord is like, what are you doing? You are my, my kid, you put a flag down for that. We've seen just kind of like how even just the idea of the flag has changed where this nation had one flag, now it has many, and many things and pursuits that, the, that this country is headed in, and so now it's lost its way. Its direction is all over the place. This is dangerous, and so our first key point then is this. Great care and consideration must be given to the things we will unify with. Great care and consideration must be given to the things we will unify with. If you think in the act of Simeon and Levi, had they considered their father at all, and not just their own, for my honor, their honor, of what had happened to their sister, that now perhaps they would have considered. Is this a good idea? Let me talk to my dad. What does he think we should do? No, there was no consideration of that. It was just, let's go do this. And they were unified together. And sometimes foolish acts, it only takes two people to have the same foolish act or thought, and they will just go forward on that deal. See, agreement to one thing means separation from another. That's why you need to have great care and consideration. If I tie myself up in agreement with this one thought process or this, this endeavor that is going out in the world and now what am I doing? Where does the, where does the Lord fall if it's contrary to the Lord? His, his importance, his value starts to wane. See, let me, let me give you some more verses here that are, I mean, just really just boom, just hit you. Psalms 26, four through five says, I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in, get this boy, if you have the means to underline it, neither will I go in with dissemblers. Man, you think about somebody that takes stuff apart, that's what these guys are, dissemblers. We're talking about unity and he's saying, hey, neither will I go in with them. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. Psalms 28.3 says, draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. See, this is what I'm saying. Sometimes these pursuits and things that we want to be a part of or whatever that are contrary to the Lord, or maybe on the surface, they look good, but they're not biblical. And you may be tying yourself with affiliations that you need to uh, very much separate from and let it not be once named among you that that's what your pursuit is. Proverbs 1, 11 through 16 says, if they say come with us, let us wait for blood, let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as they that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse, my son, walk not down the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and make haste to shed blood. Man, you know anybody like that, that seems like they just run to evil? It's people like that. The weekend is, is the run time. You know, it's like Friday night, hey, what are you doing? Man, I'm getting drunk, I can't wait. I want to forget my name. I mean, there are people that, like, that's the, I'm like, that's what you want to do? Like, there's way. What are you doing, man? And then they'll come in on Monday and tell you about it like you wanted to hear that story. Man, the Bible warns against unifying with that, that kind of behavior, that kind of thinking. Agreement to one thing means separation from another. Man, don't tie yourself up and then separate from the Lord. And so that leads me into this this next one because it's not all bad. But I do love that the, the, the Bible says something very strong up front. And then now it tells you this, Psalms 86, 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Incredible. What do we learn here? Well, unity with God will teach us to fear his name. Unity with God will teach us to fear his name. If you don't know him, you may not have that proper fear of him. But once you learn of who he is, then you know, oh, that is the God. This is a lesson we we should want to learn. The context here is this is a prayer from David. And the warning is this, we fear a lot of things, but oftentimes not God. There are a lot of things that drive your decision making and how the people you may pair yourself up with or or just worry, turmoil in your belly where you're just like, man, I'm agonizing over this thing. And the Lord is like, I wish you feared me the same way because then you would know I have your back. But yet I let circumstances now become my God. And so then I'm at the mercy of whatever that circumstance tells me I should do. It's unwise and that leads us to our next key point. Unity with God will cause your life's direction to be revealed. Perhaps it is. You don't know what the next step is, but the more that you unify with God, I promise you, he will tell you exactly what the next step is. Why? Because his way is the only way to truth. That's why. See, I think a lot of times people try to just mix uh, moral goodness with biblical uh, truth. They are not the same, (laughs) okay? Biblical truth is biblical truth, and it stands on its own foundation. Psalms 119.30 says, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Man, I have chosen the way the way of truth. And the thing is interesting is, he says then, thy judgments have I laid before me, like that you're okay with that. Let the Lord judge and say yea or nay in your life. Psalms 26.3 says, for thy loving kindness is before mine eyes and I have walked in thy truth. Again, unity with God will cause your life's direction to be revealed. You need to know, answers to life's questions. You have the source of truth. Do you engage it? Or is it just something that's kind of in the periphery, it's in the background. You're hoping to, that these things that you're gonna do are gonna work out. Uh, Man, we gotta get away from that and we really just need to center ourselves on that because why, unity is important. Psalm 133, one. is our next verse, another entry from David, but now from prayer to a song. And it says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Obviously the simple thing to learn here, it's good for brethren to dwell together in unity. I don't need to change that at all. Context is obviously, this is a song of David. Now he's proclaiming this by song clearly even having enjoyed the time of fellowship with other brothers. And he says something really interesting in that entry, and actually, let's just go there and look at that, because it's it's small, it's only three verses long. I meant to do do that in my notes, just because I do love that. I'm just gonna read the whole thing and see if you pick up on something here. So, in Psalm 1 through three, it says, a song of degrees of David. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. See, I know in your head you're getting lost a little bit. Just stick with me. Just stick with me. You're like, what is happening? <laughs> I know you said <laughs> brother is good. It's like the first verse. You think that, oh, that's all we need. No, 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 no. Let's keep reading. Verse 3, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. But Now look at what happened as a result of this unity. This thing is like something, and something came out of this unity. For there, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. That's the key. But let me give you the warning first. We can despise the brothers and sisters that God gives us and miss out on blessing that would come from our unity. And you gotta think about the most challenging individual it is for you to kind of get have conversation with, you know, you gotta brace for it a little. <laughs> or prepare. <laughs> you know that those people at work, a lot of times it's a sigh. But at church, you're gonna like, okay, let me get my Christian ease on here. <sighs> okay. Yes, hey, sister, all right. <laughs> You're trying. It's hard because they just rub you raw. Maybe they are struggling with their own you know, issues and it's hard for them to deliver, I don't know, love and grace, and so it just kind of feels like a punch in the stomach, right? And I'm think, I, I think about that in light of the fact that from that Those three verses, the Lord commands blessing when we are unified with the brethren. And it didn't say if it was the good ones, (laughs) right? Or whatever we would say in our mind. There are some people super easy to get along with. There are some people that's not, and God loves both. And we do too. We got to love both. I know it's hard. You know what you can do? You can pray for them. If they're kind of bristly, pray for them. Pray that the Lord will help their mouth, <laughs> and as you're doing that, you're showing a heart for them, and you're gaining a heart for them. And you know what will happen is their words won't sound so abrasive to you. You'll be able to take it. It's good for you. I know you don't want to do that. <laughs> Shanae's like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but it's just that's how it is, man. That's how it is. Okay, so. Oh, wait a minute, I just lost my track here. Uh, okay, so now I know, right, yeah, that's what the, the Lord said, see? that's what. I, <laughs> see now, I love you though, that's what, see, okay, see that? <laughs> we good, we good. All right, so now, in terms of that, we can despise brothers and sisters that God gave us and miss out on the blessings that will come. Here's our key point. Unity with the brethren is a direct reflection of the mind of Christ. When you unify in that way, that difficult sister or brother or any of those individuals that sometimes, even maybe, oh, I don't know, it could be be the leadership, it could be somebody on security, it could be Ken. We love Ken. (laughs) But sometimes he's hard to get along with. He's always mean, he's always cussing me when I try to give him a hug. No, No, this guy, man. (laughs) Now, he, when Ken loves you, man, he loves you, and he gives good hugs. I love that brother. But you know, I don't want to miss out on that, man. And uh, I, I love the fact that there is a direct correlation when I show love that the unity, now it, it helps me to reflect Christ's mind in the matter. See, why is that? Because it takes sacrifice and intention to show love that will keep us together. Sorry. <laughs> you're gonna to have to sacrifice. In order for this to work, in order for us to truly be unified, you have to sacrifice. And you have to be intentional to show that love. So it's not just this easy thing that just you can kind of be polite or cordial. Man, surely the Lord will bring you guys together in such a way that you will have to resolve these matters. Philippians 2, 2 through 5, gives you a great insight in here. It says, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Hey, there's that unit, there's that oneness, right? Let nothing be done, here it is, this, so this is, this is our, our list. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." Just think about if the Lord on the cross had a thought about himself, we would all be going to hell. The whole earth could have been potentially destroyed. Remember, this is the most disrespect that he has and ever will receive was on the cross. And he said, "Okay, (laughs) I got it. It's incredible. And now the Bible is commanding that you have that same mind. So now I don't get to have some kind of space and place that justifies my distance from you. I got to love you. That's why I tell you that all the time. It's not just lip service. It's got to be real. So now we get to the last two. And these are in the same chapter in Ephesians 4, 4.3 and in 4.13. And in 4.3, it says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So now what can we learn there? Well, listen, we gotta work to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's work to that. It takes effort. So we already saw that it's gonna take sacrifice, but that's okay. That's a reflection of Christ's mind, but now we got to understand that's work. And, that, and you know what work does a lot of times is, um, yeah, I guess if you're talking about a day labor that's gonna get paid at the end of the day, but oftentimes the way work is is the reward is later. So there's a lot of work before there's reward, <laughs> you know? And so what if you just had that mindset when you come into these relationships and trying to make sure that I may mean, we stay unified, that it's going to take work and it's going to take a while before you actually see, you know, maybe transformation out of that individual. Contextually, obviously, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. And the, and the other thing as a warning, listen, listen to me, write this down. Unity is only promise if you choose it. Because you can be a dissembler, <laughs> but it's only, it's only promise if you choose it. So that means, It's gonna take work, it's gonna take sacrifice, and it takes you choosing it. This leads us to our next key point. The Spirit of God seeks to unite us, why? So that we might finally have peace. Don't miss the fact that you don't get that spirit in the bond of peace without the salvation. You must believe on the name of Jesus Christ. you must be saved, or else you will always live perpetually uh, lacking peace. And if you do, it would only be fleeting moments, uh, nothing everlasting like the Lord intends. But the other thing you gotta understand about this is God never wanted to separate from you, never. And I know, listen, you got circumstances and situations that try to communicate otherwise, and you feel like the Lord is nowhere to be found and you feel alone, spiritually and physically, and that is not true. The Lord could not be more present. Even in the lost, He's there, listening, waiting, that perhaps they would just humble themselves before Him and cry out to Him. Surely He would come to their rescue, just like He did with all of us that call on His name. and thou has loved me, loved them, excuse me, has loved them and has loved me. God never wanted to be separated from you. And he made every uh, uh, opportunity to get back with you and so he's done that with the cross. And so, man, pay attention. If he's saying there's some work there that's involved, it's worth it for the work involved that would come to give you that unity in the spirit. And there's a bond of peace that's already there. Maybe you don't know what that bond of peace is like, but that bond of peace comes from the fact that now you are at peace with God as a result of Jesus Christ. That's the peace. There's no bond that can nothing that can break that bond. That's forever solidified in stone. And so when God's children don't experience that, or I see people just with agony and poor choices that just lead to a lot of stress and strife and, and upset and you sad. And that's not what God intended for you. Maybe it is. You just need to let the Spirit actually have access to you and lead you. And last one. Ephesians 4:13, a little further down. You guys know what we say it often in this place. I love this. This is probably one of my favorite set of verses, but we're just gonna focus on the one. Ephesians 4.13 says, to we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And would you guys know that have been here a while, but for those of you that don't know, that contextually right now he's talking about why he set up authority, spiritual authority. And I know, listen, listen, I know, all you have to do is watch the news. You can see how people have abused spiritual authority. Horribly, horribly. We don't have to go into the depths of that. We understand that. It, and, it, and it, it is. Listen, it is not something that goes unnoticed by the Lord. And it is something that very much as you consider Uh, leadership that the Lord is tugging on your heart constantly like listen this is my heritage these are my people do not lord over them right make sure you're not a castaway make sure the things that you're telling them are things that you have processed that you are doing right and so the Lord isn't looking for his leaders to be perfect but he absolutely wants them to be tuned in with his heart and so as you consider that we got to do that right in order to make sure that we paint the right picture But let me just tell you, with all the mistakes that humanity has made in leading and getting God's worth out to the world, uh, God's name is still worth glory, period, period. And so the thing is, you got to understand something. What you need to take away from that verse alone is God has provided leaders here on earth for the purpose of helping us get into unity of the faith. You want those leaders in your life, you want those individuals in your life that are, that are going to show you how it is that you maintain that unity, whether it's unity with them, unity with others, your peers, below, and your family, all of that. There should be restoration pouring out of churches. Why? Because we're just proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ and he's all about reconciliation. See, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to say. That's what we want to get out there. There's our last key point. Biblically, unified submission was always intended to benefit us and connect us to God. Biblically, unified submission was always intended to benefit us and connect us to God. When the Lord is asking of Israel or the church, it doesn't matter. He's looking for this kind of collective, unified submission amongst the group and that he would be the leader of it and then we would have his ear and heart and, and, we, and he would have ours and man, it would just be this perfect harmony. That's his intention. Why? Because God wants to be our God. Again, any of these thoughts that you may have where God is like ignoring you, that's not true. I know people try to say that and there's these little songs and ideas that try to pop up, but that's not true. Jeremiah 32, 38 and 39 says, and they shall be my people and I will be their God and I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them, listen, and for their children after them. There is something extremely powerful that I love that's happening. If you notice the murmuring and the prayers and the praise that come in this class are associated with the fact that we have been praying for months for our children and God is at work. People are getting saved. Our kids are getting baptized. Some of our kids, are. the behavior is changing. Man, I'm telling you, We gotta get this down, y'all. God intends for this to be good for us and for them. And so the conclusion simply is this, and I got a little exercise for you after this. We can see just how important unity is. If we pay attention, we have to look at the fact that the things that we unify with, we gotta be very careful about. We need to research it and understand it to know, like, do I really need to set my heart in that direction? is that listen for my single daughters in here the man that you pair yourself up with you better be careful because i can tell you plenty of examples of individuals that get married to individuals that don't have the same heart and it is a tough road to hoe i'm telling you fellas my sons same with the same on the lady side be careful These pursuits, these things that you have, these kind of outside things that kind of draw you away and you kind of look at well, I don't need to be at church that much, I don't need to be at prayer that much, I don't need to be at Bible study. Be careful, be careful. Because it can just sweep you away. Be unified with God, be unified with his people. And so I want to do a practical exercise. I want you guys to get into groups. This is the exercise before you move. We're gonna read through the rest of Ephesians 4, 20-32 in your groups. One, I want you to tell me how many practical ways are there to help us be unified, okay, between verses 20 and 32, how many practical ways. I have a number. I'm gonna see if you got the same number as me. (laughs) Okay, and then, I want you to talk about, and maybe I'll come by with the microphone and say, how does this, how does this help me? How could I use this to actually help me be unified? Okay, and so Ephesians 4, 20 through 32, we want to count how many practical ways are there, but then, you know, if you guys have been in Bible study with me, and as uh, Pastor Allen, that married Serene and I, a thousand years ago <laughs> uh, would say uh, if it's not practical it's not preaching right and so we got to get the practical side of what it is how are we gonna take God's word and say this is I'm gonna trust him in this way in order to be unified maybe it is with him maybe it is with the body okay of those two things and so getting your groups I would say three or four and um, yeah man I'll come around with the microphone and find the, the, the most scared individual. <laughs> and say, speak, no, be unified with me. <laughs> okay, Ephesians 4, 20 through 32. Okay, so now we have some practical ways that we need to protect unity. Listen, it's not a, it's not a small matter that this class is seeing the fruit out of our children. It's not a small matter that we're seeing fruit out of even our own personal lives and just the things that we have going on. Can we please endeavor to be unified with each other so that we can get everything that God wants us to have as a group, right? I got to have you if I'm going to get everything that God has for me, okay? So I love you. You dismiss.